Yes, it's Monday. That was loud, wasn't it? Yes, it's Monday. And either way, be it soft or loud, it means it's time to talk about ghosts. Hooray! And possibly aliens? Because what in the world is going on? At the time of speaking, we, well, I'll say we, the US, have shot down four unidentified flying objects in the sky. And apparently China's shot one down too. Apparently Russia has as well. So are we being invaded? Very possibly. And the, they've literally said on the news, like the general in America in charge of all this stuff, has said, he was asked, what about aliens? And he said, well, we can't rule it out. What? That's not an answer you're meant to give. You're meant to say, no. But it uh, turns out, yeah, you don't know. We might be getting invaded. Because loads of weird stuff has been happening recently. I don't know whether you're seeing this, but it's on NASA.com. It's a genuine story. Um, part of the sun has fell off. Yeah. And it's created a vortex at its North Pole. What We, we don't know what that means for Earth at the minute. Like they're still trying to figure out if it means we're going to suffer any side effects from that. But maybe, just maybe, being all conspiratorial, maybe that happened due to the arrival of some crazy invisible mothership of an alien race, and they're now dropping drones into our atmosphere to see what we're like, to see if we're a kind, benevolent race, and we've shot them down. And we're basically saying, come on, bring it on. And next thing you know... We're going to have, um, you know, aliens getting very angry at us. And if they're listening, I've always so supported you and believed in you. Please don't come and knocking at my door with our little neighbour's cat. Um, so, yeah, uh, literally I was saying this. It's funny because the second time that they shot one down, I messaged Becca, who's obviously in Saudi, and was like, hey, there's like um, a potential UFO thing. And then 10 hours later, I was like, there's a third one. And I woke up this morning and there's a fourth. And now even she's like, I hope I don't get stuck in Saudi due to an alien invasion. How shit would that be? And I was like, yeah, but in truth, they'd look after you over there. And also, you know, as we've established, I'm so weak-willed that I'll do whatever the aliens say, to be honest. So I think we'll be all right. Either way, the cat jumps. The neighbour's cat. So what do we have in store for today? Well, we have all of the usual segments, with the exception, of course, of Becca's Reddit Corner, because yet again, we've been unable to maintain a connection for long enough to get her to read out something on Reddit. So what we're going to do instead at that point in proceedings is I'm going to play a very old piece of conversation between myself and Becca taken from Patreon. Just a little snippet, just so we can all be reminded of what she sounds like. I mean, I re I know what she sounds like because I speak to her daily, but you guys may not. And some of you may miss her. God bless you. Anyway, we're going to start off by saying a big thank you to our wonderful Patreons. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you support the show, but you get two additional shows each and every week. Each and every week, that's eight a month. Are you bananas, Eustace? I think I am, actually. And um, I also sing your name out as a bit of a thank you. Yes, I do. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts, then you get all that jazz. And the names we'll be singing today are Emily Robdrup, Amber Jones and Rosie Wright. So, best fetch me guitar. The guitar is well and truly out, and we have three wonderful new Patreons to say thank you to today. We have Emily Robdrup, Amber Jones, and Rosie Wright. And this song is for you. Ooh, yeah. 
Amber Jones, Emily Robdrop, Rosie Wright. It can't be wrong. They've signed up to the Patreon. Get extra shows. Support the show. You know they're keeping the lights on and feeding the cat. They're making me stay sane and not going mad. They're keeping the lights on and feeding the cat. So sign up to Patreon. Oh, that was a better falsetto than I've done in recent weeks. Well done, me. Thanks, Kev. You're welcome, Kev. Anyway, if you'd like to sign up to Patreon and get access to over literally 200 plus hours worth of extra content, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time for a paranormal review where I review something paranormal so you don't have to review it for yourself. It makes no sense. That's the joke. It's not a good joke, I grant you. Anyway, this week I watched a film called Robert, and it's about Robert the Doll. And it's on Netflix, and I don't like to give negative reviews about stuff. Um, I wasn't a fan, if I'm being honest. If you don't know about Robert the Doll, it's, it's based, this film, Robert, is based on Robert the Doll. Okay, now Robert the Doll, I'll take in this, I'm taking this now from Wikipedia. According to legend, Robert the Doll has supernatural abilities that allows it to move, change its expressions, make giggling sounds. Some version of the legends claim that a young girl of Bahamian, of Bahamian descent gave Otto the Doll, Otto is like the owner of the doll or was the owner of the doll, um, as a gift or as retaliation for a wrongdoing. Other stories claim that the doll moved voodoo figurines around the room and was aware of what went on around him. Still, other legends claim that the doll vanished after Otto's house changed ownership a number of times after his death. Or that young Otto triggered the doll's supernatural powers by blaming his childhood mishaps on the doll. Now, allegedly when people go in, it, it's like in a paranormal museum, I think. Um, it does say where it is, actually. It's currently exhibited at East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Now, people reckon when they go there to the museum, I don't know whether now whether they're actually... Um, who's that guy? The really popular polarising paranormal figure. Lots of, lots of peas in there. Uh, Zach Bagans. I don't know whether he owns it now, because he owns basically everything paranormal, doesn't he? But they reckon that when you visit it, if you touch it or if you mess around with it or if you take a photo of it even, then you get be fell with like misfortunes and you know troubles and curses and stuff and there's allegedly people write letters back to the museum with the photograph they've taken saying please take back this photograph of Robert I should never have done it and since I took it my dog's died and my father's lost his job and I've lost my left toe and things like that but this film um it it keeps a lot of the same name so it's the Otto family the doll in this situation is given by a hastily sacked housemaid um, in like a weird UK family. And um, it's like, it, it's a really awkward scene where the woman's like, um, we can't afford to keep Grelda or whatever her name is. They give her some like strange name. Um, and the dad goes, well, you better sack her. I can't do it. I'm too busy. I've got work to do. It's dead sexist. And she goes, oh, all right then. So she sacks her and she goes, can I just speak to the child before I go? And the mum goes, of course you can, just to say goodbye. Of course you can. And she walks in with a suitcase, right, opens the suitcase, 
and hands him a doll, a giant doll. And then, obviously, the boy starts talking to the doll, blah, blah, blah. And um, no spoilers, so I won't go into any more information, but you get the gist. If you know the Robert the Doll story, you can imagine all of the paranormal activity that then prevails throughout the film. But it's a lot of it's telegraphed as acting goes, I think. Let's put it that way. You know, it's like um, all these, these shoehorn in incidents and um, conversational pieces, like the dad gets home from work and the wife's like on the couch and she goes, you never once asked me about my anxiety levels or my medication that I'm on. And you're like, well, we didn't know that. That was an interesting segue to bring that in. And then he's like, you're quite right. I should have sacked Gerelda, not you. I'm sorry you put you through that, love. Um, so at the same time, there was a couple of moments where it did jump, but that's because I'm alone in the house and um, I'm easily scared. As a film, it's two thumbs sideways. So I don't want to say it's a negative. I, I just wasn't a fan. You might like it. But it's one of them where if you literally have nothing else to watch, put it on and see what you think. And if you disagree with me, then do let me know. You know, you might like it. And fair enough if you do. We don't give negative reviews on this show. So it's two sidewards thumbs at the moment for the film Robert. So now it's time for my favourite part of the show, if not the week and that's when I get to read your true listener paranormal experiences out. Now, if you don't know how this works by now, I basically receive emails from you guys. I scan over them. I don't read the content. And I just give them a quick cursory glance so that when I do read them out, I can give a genuine, honest, initial reaction. You know, as opposed to me pre-reading it all, editing it, and then coming up with my thoughts, dwelling around it for days. So it basically means you get the truth, the unadulterated truth, for better or for worse, really. Like a marriage. Anyway, so we've had an email in which I've missed from ages ago, apparently. And um, Patricia got in touch, lovely name, my mother's name. And um, she said, you've not read out my story yet. And I was like, so sorry. And do let me know if that's happened to you too, you know, uh, because it's your show. So if I'm not reading out what you're sending in, it kind of doesn't work and it just means I've effed up. So thank you, Patricia, for letting me know. She then, I asked her to resend it in and she did so very kindly. And she says, hello, Kevin. Hi. Hi, Becca. Hi. Oh, Becca's sounding a little bit deep in the throat today. Deep in the throat. Move on, Kev. Move on. Anyway. And hello and purrs to cat of the neighbouring regions. Meow. I'm very polite of her. First, please use only my first name, Patricia. I have. Thank you for reading my two stories that I sent in last year. The following story is not ghosts. Well, I'm not going to read it then, Pat. Moving on. I'm joking, of course. She then writes, or maybe it is. I can't explain it. In 1993, my mother, my seven-year-old son and I were taking a driving tour of Ireland. She wanted to see the country where her ancestors were from. Even though we had little information about their birthplaces at that time, in brackets, I've since learned quite a lot about my Irish ancestors. Great fun. As an American, I adapted surprisingly well to right-hand driving, but alas, not so well to the roads themselves in the Republic. We were in Ballyshannon, Donegal, and decided to visit the Balik factory, which is, of course, across the border in Fermanagh, Northern Ireland. 
After Belique, our destination was County Cavan, back into the Republic. The most direct way to Cavan, however, seemed to be continuing through Fermanagh since the map showed a major road there and we'd found the condition of the northern roads preferable. I was a bit concerned about driving in this border area. Hey, it was 1993, but what could go wrong? The countryside was beautiful. Trees, hedges, bright sunshine, everything so green. We soon found ourselves driving along Lower Lothairn on the left side of the road. So beautiful and peaceful. Most of the road had vegetation almost up to the berm on either side. No gravel shoulder as we're accustomed to in the US. Then we came to a spot where the right side of the road was an open area, perhaps 50 feet from the edge of the road and less than a quarter mile long. Suddenly, I heard a voice in my head. Death. Then it repeated. Death. Death. Just one word repeated over and over again. Death. 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 The voice got louder and more persistent. Death, death, death. I started to panic. I didn't know what to do. The voice continued to its crescendo. Death, death, death. I got more and more agitated and almost drove off the road. Then, just as suddenly, it stopped. I calmed down and we'd passed that open area. Neither my mother nor my son heard anything and they didn't notice my agitation. And I, of course, didn't tell them what I heard. And what did I hear? Something from the past? Had something happened there years ago? Decades ago or centuries ago? Or was it something from the future? Or, more frightening, something waiting there as we passed? Pat, what an amazing story. And I've just realised my pronunciation was off there. As it often is, um, it should have been Lochan, not Lofan. Anyway, but... I don't know. What did you encounter? I do not know. Was it something... I like the... Well, I don't like the idea, but it's a very interesting theory to say that it's something waiting there for for a future event. Like, is it death itself incarnate waiting on that area for a crash or something similar? Bloody more, but that isn't it. I know that... Well, I say I know that. I mean, I believe that, you know, it's a very religious place, not just in terms of, like, Catholicism or... Um, anything like that. I mean, as in like, you know, it goes back to pagan, Celtic, Druidic times and stuff, all that whole area and a skillet and all that carry on. So who knows what sort of terrors and death have took place in that little part that you passed that you may have tapped into psychically. We just don't know. But thank you so much for getting in touch, Pat. And as I do say, if you've sent in a story and I've yet to read it out, please get in touch and let me know and I'll root it out or resend it and it'll definitely get read out. We've also had an email in from Holly, and she writes, Good day to you, Kev. Good day to you, Holly. I listen to your show every week on my commute to work. Why, thank you. Your latest episode was about Zeus. Yes, it was. And how other people have gotten that name during their seances. There is a well-known demon that's supposedly associated with spirit boards. His name is Zozo. Perhaps that's who Sarah et al. have been conversing with. And then she shares an article with me about Zozo. I think, if I remember rightly, Chris mentioned a similar thing when we had him on to discuss Ouija board encounters as well. I'm, I'm not sure about this Zozo thing. See, the thing is, what you need to bear in mind, I think, when you're playing the Ouija board, not that we all do it or we all do it frequently, but when or imagine if you are playing the Ouija board, 
it's very easy for a group of people to start going just back and forth between two numbers or two letters. You know, it kind of, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like Z to O, Z to O, Z to O. And then when people subconsciously start realising there's a pattern form and they will subconsciously join in with that pattern, Z to O, Z to O. And next thing you know, the world's gone crazy. But there is some good videos, or there are some good videos, should I say, on YouTube where I say good, but they're fucking terrifying. There's one where there's this group of teenagers doing it and this lad seemingly gets possessed. Now, when I say it's not fake, I mean, like, it's not fake. Well, and I don't mean he's definitely getting possessed, obviously, because who knows? But he believes he is. So much so the kids, like, scream for the parents and the mum comes in and they're like, what's happened? And they're like, we, we were just playing with your button. And it's, uh, it's kind of scary. So, yeah, thanks, Holly, for sending that in. Um, I do like when people send in articles and things like that. So if you've got something you want to share, use the same email address. Contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Oh, whilst I think on, I must share this with you. Right. You know the way we've got the canon within, well, listeners who are new are like, no. So there's a series of events that have taken place in this house where I'm recording right now that my sceptical partner, Becca, has picked up on that I believe are paranormal. She doesn't. But my point being, I haven't picked up on them myself. And I've explained this to her. She's pointed them out. You know, I personally haven't experienced anything, really. Um, but she's pointed them out. So, for example, she's had someone whistling in the living room. She's had a T-shirt thrown out of a cupboard. She's had someone knocking on the bathroom door while she's in it. Um, loads of, like, dead weird stuff. Where, But she, she rationalises it all. And my argument to her is about this, that we lived in an apartment together prior to living in this house. We've been in this house a year now, or just over, or coming up to a year, sorry. And um, we lived in a flat previously for uh, nine years. And there was a few things that went on in that flat, but I was the one who noticed or who would discuss or mention them. And she never, you know, there was only one occasion, I think, in that flat. Um, well, two, if you count us both witnessing the tap turn on. The only other one was when we heard something scratching on the stairs and thought it was the cat, and then the cat like was on the end of the bed and looked at us as in to say, what's that noise? But other than that, she didn't experience anything in the flat. In this house, within 11 months, she has experienced a load of things, and I personally haven't. Anyway, the other day, or the other night even, I'm on a Zoom call with her. Not a Zoom call, a FaceTime call. She's obviously away in Saudi Arabia. And it's in and out signal wise. And I've got my headphones in talking to it to try and get the so I can hear it the best. And the headphones that I'm wearing are like Bluetooth ones. So I hear this noise go like, which means it's running out of battery. So I said, bear with me a sec. So I put it like on loudspeaker and we're doing FaceTime and I've set the phone up and I'm, the, you know, her voice is just coming through the speaker on the phone. And I'm just speaking to her normally in this room that I'm in right now. Anyway. I'm halfway through a sentence about telling her about this night out that I'd had. And like from nothing, like this starts like echoing around the room. So much so that I'm looking at this Bluetooth speaker that I've got thinking it must be on, but I'm listening to it and it's not. It's coming from literally around the room. And Becca's looking at me going, what's happening? And I'm saying to her, there's like a, it feels, it sounds like there's a tornado in the room. 
and it did. It was coming from all around. It lasted about maybe five seconds and then nothing. Right. And then last night or the early hours of this morning, I heard a mini version of it to the left of me, like down the side of the bed. So where Becca normally lies, the cat, the cat's bed is now because I had to sleep with the cat. And then, you know, imagine you fall off the bed and there's the left-hand side of the bed. I don't know how better to explain it than that, really. It sounded like a similar thing from there. So much so I thought, well, it must be the cat because she wasn't in a bed. And I leant over and looked and there's nothing there. I've no idea, but it was the identical sound, but miniaturised. So bizarre and so weird. Anyway, I've no idea what that is, but just reminded myself. I thought I must share that with you guys. So I did. Anyway, now it's time for Reddit Corner with Becca, but it's not a Reddit Corner. It's just going to be a little snippet of a conversation we've had on Patreon a while back, just so we can all be reminded of her dulcet tones. In the meantime, I'll let you all go, and I'll speak to you all again next week. This is me and Becca, shooting the breeze. Au revoir. Say hello, Becca. Come over to the microphone. I've got a question to ask you. Yes. Do you believe in the devil? <laughs> um. Well, no. 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 Do you believe in God? Not as like a man, no. No, I'm not saying do you believe in the man with the beard. I mean, do you believe in that there's a higher entity that potentially could have some sort of sway on our lives? I suspect there might be a plan. A plan? Interesting. Like as in Max Sermon's No Doubt the Universe is Unfolding as It Should. I kind of believe that. So do you believe we don't have free will? Getting yeah. deep right at the start. <laughs> no, I don't believe we don't have free will. So you believe we do have free will? Yeah. Do you not believe the ancient philosopher Kev Eustace's theory that we have semi-free will? So maybe there's a higher power that points you in a direction, but then you can choose between A and B. No, to be honest, I feel like if there's any kind of plan or God or whatever you want to call it, I feel like all like little day-to-day musings are of no importance to them. I think when you're talking about things like the plan unfolding, it would be like, you know, does the Earth still exist and are the planets moving in the way they should and that kind of thing. I, d- I don't think, like, should I be mean to this girl or not comes into it, you know, I don't know, I don't think that's... Yeah. That's any... I don't think they got time for that nonsense. Yeah, I would agree that they don't have time for any sort of nonsense like that. But I do think, I can believe both ways. I can believe that we have free will, but I can also believe that we have free will in an orbit of a trajectory. So I do think there's an over, like, you know, in a sitcom. It's nice you an article not long ago. I don't know. But you know, if, you know, in a sitcom where they have individual episodes about a specific topic, yeah. but running through it is an overarching storyline. Yes, like Scorpion. Like Scorpion or yeah. like Lucifer, which has kind of brought me onto this episode. Yeah. But I think that, I think you've got free will around the general path that you've been set. Right. See, this article I read recently, and I'm surprised I didn't send it to you because it's the kind of thing I would have sent to you. It was kind of saying, like, ultimately, all these kind of things around free will, does it matter? Because if you've got A and B and you're debating between A and B and you choose B, even if you were always going to choose B, that's still been your choice. So if there's a plan, it's still been your choice. So it doesn't really matter whether well, it does if that planned or not. No, it does because that would be an, illus- an illusion of free will, doesn't it? If you were always going to choose B and you assume it's your choice, it's not your choice. But it is your choice because you've made that decision with the information that you have at the time. But like Darren Brown, Darren Brown can make you pick a card that he wants you to pick and you think it's free will. 
that you've chosen, but it's not. He's manipulated you along the way. So, and also there is the argument as well that all time exists at once. This is one of the theories of science, not of theoretical paranormal religions or whatever. This is to do with science. There's a theory that all time exists at once. And therefore, you know, that's why it's a, I think I've treated this in the past as a comforting way of dealing with grief is that you shouldn't really be sad when someone dies because at the same time, they're alive somewhere, reliving that moment. Right. And you're with them in that particular time. Yeah, that old time existing at once. I, I appreciate that it brings you comfort, but I can't be doing with that as a theory. But it does that mean all time exists at once. But if it does, this is the thing: if it does all exist at once, then there's no such thing as free will. Why? Because it's pre- it's already happened. You're just living a different time of that that slice of time. You're just living that part now. I mean, I it that it sounds like similar to the multiverse theory, like the mm. infinite universe theory. And I don't really take much comfort in that because it's like, you could say, yeah, but you know, there's a universe out there where, you know, I'm like a multimillionaire and I'm lying on a yacht in the sun. I'm like, well, that's great for her, but it's no use to me. Well, then there's a, a secondary argument to that, which says you, through the power of meditation, you can transfer your soul into that reality. That's just nonsense. Well. Also, also nonsense. And that it's comments like that why you only have a brief stay on the show. <laughs> I know. Um, what if you're talking about the devil, though? Well, yeah. I would like is that to posit is the theory that I told you the other day. So Which what is? if, what if the devil is actually like the most good person to have ever existed? Mm. Because if the devil punishes bad people, mm. that's like a, a a good act. You know what I mean? If, if he if he rewarded bad actions, then it'd be evil. That's you know? a very good point. Yeah, it's um. And and what if he he kind of does, and the punishment is that. Because most good people wouldn't like to punish anyway because it's uncomfortable and it's not nice. So he's actually, like, um, what's it called? Like, trans... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Trans over something. Anyway, he's kind of, like, above us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because although he's good, he does something really uncomfortable for the greater good. He does something that a good person wouldn't want to do for the greater good, which is punishing bad people for bad acts. No, it's the good, the good point that you made... Sorry. Transcends. Transcends. Okay. The point, the good point that I think you've made there, which you've not heard as an argument in regards to the devil, is if he was evil, 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 he would reward evil. Yeah, exactly. So they'd all be having a great time of it in hell. Yeah, it's a very good point. The fact that he's punishing it suggests that he doesn't agree with it. And I said to you when we had this conversation, it's similar to the way Judas is viewed as a hero in some of the Gnostic Gospels because he, there's a story where he was approached by an angel and said, you have to do something horrible here. But without you doing this horrible act, you know this the, the story can't take place. So it's like a form of self sacrifice. So he kind of went down in history as one of the worst betrayers and yeah. terrible people. So it's kind of like you're going to be you're going to be vilified throughout history, but this is this is the work of God. And if you by accepting that, you know Jesus. See, I mean, the important thing there is the fact that he was approached and told about that beforehand. If that didn't happen, and he just did the betrayal. Then he's still a terrible person, but even see, though it led to the greater good. But if he didn't know that, then but that's why it, that's why it's a Gnostic gospel, so it's not counted in the canon of the Catholic Church. Right. So these Gnostic gospels, there's a gospel of Judas that exists, where his followers at the time said this is what happened, but that doesn't tie in. And similar to, it's kind of in the Council of Nicaea where they, they agreed on Christ's divinity, they cut off a lot of what didn't tie into the story. How do you get these followers? Why haven't I got like a group of twelve people who just like follow me around and 
I decree certain things and they go, yeah, yeah, Rebecca says this, let's do this. You do, you've got two, me and the cat. <laughs> the cat doesn't do what I say. You literally say, <laughs> I need water and I go, when is the last time Jenny? So oh, I have one. No, oh, hold on, right, but the, thinking about this water thing. Let's say you're thirsty and need water a hundred times. Yeah. How many times do you think you get your own water? During the working day, I always get my own water. Of an evening, like 1%. Exactly. So I am your disciple. Lead so me, have, oh Lord. So I have one disciple. Yeah, well. All right, I'll take one it. One more than me. Okay, I'll take it. Canal. I'll take it. All right, well, um, I'll let you get back to work. Thank you for your input. You're welcome. So there you go. A little chat with Becca there about the devil. And um, she's a cheeky devil. So, I know that was weird, wasn't it? So, I've also got a theory which I think I've mentioned before about the devil himself and about God. And I do believe it's this. We've spoke on the show in the past about tulpas, right? The more you think about this like shadow figure in your house, the more you're going to give it life. Similar to the Philip experiment. I won't go about the Philip experiment. I'm going to take as tacit that anyone listening to this knows about the Philip experiment because we're all educated in the paranormal. So the Philip experiment is a tulpa, if you think about it, really. They all focused on him. He started replying. And I do believe that tulpas can exist in that sort of way. The power of the mind is something none of us know. So I do think that if you believe in tulpas, let's say that's a real thing, the act of a tulpa, a thought form coming into life. Think I, I think we know as fact that the Council of Nicaea got together and a group of men, this is factual, a group of men voted on the divinity of Christ. They voted on the divinity of this good man. It would be the equivalent now. Who's a good man, Becca? But who's a good man nowadays? Right, okay. Stephen Yip, the guy who runs the charity that Becca and I delivered food for. He's a good man. So it would be like nowadays a group of men sat in the town hall and saying, should we make Stephen Yip a saint? Shall we? Because he's just dead good. Um, and that's basically what happened. It doesn't necessarily mean he had powers and all this. But um, from that and from the Council of Nicaea, then like writing the rules of Christianity and all this, carry on. It does mean then that everyone who follows Christianity went out and worshipped this deity being Christ, this voted on deity being Christ. And I'm a Catholic, by the way. I, I do believe in all this. And this is the mystery of faith. I can know on the one hand that it's all man-made voted upon. And on the other hand, I can have the faith that that doesn't matter and I can blindly believe. And that's the mystery of faith. But um, what if, therefore, there's a rule book out there in the Bible, in, the, in Christianity, in the act of mass, where it's been telling people for thousands of years that you need to pray to this deity? Can you think of a more powerful way to form a tulpa? Do you know what I mean? Like, So I strongly believe that at the point of the Council of Nicaea, God didn't exist, right? But thousands of years of praying to the God, and the God, praying to God, and therefore having belief in the devil, right now in 2021, I think God exists, and I think the devil exists, because they're man-made, or, you know, that's quite um, patriarchal, isn't it? They're human-made creations due to them both being tulpas. So there you go. So kind of a weird dichotomy when people say, do you think God exists? I do, but not in the way that you think I think. Anyway, it's an interesting little thought, I do believe.